Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spooky AF. Uh, my name is Rob, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Suze. Aloha. How are you doing today, Suze? I am here. I'm here. I'm here for this. Uh, we have a, a bank holiday weekend coming up this weekend, and I am here for it. I, I can absolutely appreciate that. It has been quite the week for me as well. I am ready to do as little as possible this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. You know, I, I hope you're all having a, a good time. We're coming to the end of the spooky season now. Um, or when this episode comes out, actually, spooky season will be officially over. Mariah Carey will be starting her defrosting process. Oh, God, no, not yet. Not yet. I know. I'm not ready for it yet either. I won't say the word, but yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for, for that time of the year just yet. Oh, no, but your wife is. She very much so is. Uh, she's already subtly started the music in the background. She thinks it hasn't noticed, but uh, I, I have. Yeah, we can just feel it. It's, 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 it's more ominous than the coming of Halloween. It's, it's, it just, it, it's like a, a glacier that can't be stopped. Yeah, you want to see Spooky? You should try to interfere with her at this time of the year. <laughs> exactly. She, she's like slowly putting up a wreath behind you as if your eyesight's based on motion. Well, we have autumn wreaths now. Um, I'll have oh you know. So we already have a wreath on our door, but I have no doubt that that's going to get replaced soon enough. She is a holiday hun. She is a holiday hun. She is a, well, she's a specific holiday hun, but she's a holiday hun all, all the same. But yeah, we're, we're not here to talk about the end of the year or our morning of the, uh, the spooky season officially being over. It's never over in our hearts. It is never over in our hearts. That's why people come to this podcast and podcasts like it. <laughs> that is true. They come here for their, their, their weekly dose of spooky. Today, we are talking about Loftus Hall in Wexford Ooh. in Ireland. I, I, I'm doing a, a double bill of Ireland this time around just to, to balance out our our, our Texas uh, stories. Yes. Have you heard of Loftus Hall? No, never. Excellent. I, I like to hear that. So Loftus Hall is a mansion in County Wexford, which is in the southeast of the country. And this mansion that has a dark and enigmatic past, to say the least. Ooh, well, I mean, that's it, it sounds like a place that would have a dark and ominous past, like Loftus Hall. It sounds uh, like we're on the Yorkshire Moors and kind of Emily Bronte land. Funny you say that. Oh. Uh, this estate, which it, it's an estate, so you know you're not fucking around when someone has an estate. Right. It's, I suppose, perched on this kind of like windswept area called the Hook Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And this specific area, particularly the, the estate, is, I suppose, to, to say the least, it's steeped in history. And kind of shrouded in this kind of airy sort of tales of the paranormal. Is this, can you correct me if I'm wrong? Is is Wexford a place in Ireland that is, there are like places that don't have internet yet? Is it Wexford? I don't want to piss off the population of Wexford by saying one way or the other. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are certain areas in Wexford that don't have internet. Or just have particularly bad. Okay, I'm just trying to set the scene for myself because it is quite, it is quite rural. Um, Yeah, there would be certain certain areas in Wexford that would be quite rural like there are some towns in Wexford as well like Gorey would be quite a large town mm. yeah there, there are some very rural areas uh in in Wexford we are kind of in that kind of you're kind of far removed from the kind of Dublin commuter belt I suppose in certain areas and Cork is still quite a bit away as well so you're kind of in that sweet spot of uh rural Ireland I guess okay right but you, you could be very correct uh, I, I'm just not 100% certain oh yeah no offense to the to the our Wexford listening community I am an American and I know very little about the outside of Dublin, Ireland, so don't hold it against me. Yeah, you know what, Wexford, get your shit together. Get get your internet sorted. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the the take I, I've, I've I've come out of this. It's not the government's fault. It's Wexford's fault. Get your shit together. It's Wexford. all Wexford. Yeah, 
Get your broadband sorted. So yeah, we, we're in Wexford. Wexford is actually a really, really lovely place. A really, really nice area of the country. Yeah, I've heard it's beautiful. Really nice. It's a really important area to, to Ireland's history, especially the kind of modern Irish history. It's uh, very, very important. Mm. Our story today, though, begins the late 18th century. So Ooh. we're not too far off your uh, description of um, Bronte and Wuthering Heights kind of uh, era. Yeah, not, not too far off. No, we're not. We're not. We're not too far away from it in the, in the grand scheme of things. As I said, we're in we're in the the 18th century, and I, I want you to picture a, a tempestuous storm raging over the Hook Peninsula, just this horrific storm with rain just battering down and wind, and just it's a, a night like no other, basically. And out of this night emerges this mysterious stranger who, for all intents and purposes, is cloaked in shadows, of course, and has this aura of foreboding uh, around him as he approaches Loftus Hall. I like to think that uh, this is real kind of typical um, that kind of like heavy kind of cloak over him you know kind of concealing everything about him. You know you see this kind of dark shape kind of approaching. And and, and you're already scared because I mean what the fuck is he doing traveling in this kind of weather? True very true and you know he either has a lantern which is lighting the way which makes him more ominous potentially. Yes. Or he doesn't have a lantern, which is even more terrifying because then that means he's just out here walking in the dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to think under what circumstances I would open the door and the answer is neither. <laughs> like lantern or no lantern. This is it. So this this man who approaches the, the Loftus Hall reaches out a hand and rattles the, the door and eventually the door is answered and mm-hmm. he requests shelter and for whatever reason i suppose maybe the the occupants of loftus hall at the time are are nice people they take pity on the man and they invite him in to to give him the the shelter that he seeks that goes against everything i know about the the wealthier class this is true uh very very true uh that's potentially the spookier element of this is that the uh the the upper class are actually showing some form of emotion uh that isn't greed So we we don't know what's going on here. But as the storm raged on outside, the family at Loftus Hall invited the enigmatic guests to join them in a game of cards. So, you know, I assume this is obviously a time before electricity. You know, uh, there's a storm raging outside. Maybe the family are choosing to kind of stay together for safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they're kind of huddled around the maybe the kind of like the, the hearth or the kind of dining area. And they're just going to wait out this storm to pass. So as as I said, it's pre-electricity, so they don't have much to do. Uh, so cards is obviously one, one of the things that they're doing to pass the time. Oh, yeah. So as the stranger is here, they go, you know what? Join in our game of cards. So the night kind of unfolds in fairly kind of ordinary fashion. The cards is going on. People kind of seem like happy. You know, there's kind of like high spirits. Mm-hmm in the house you know people people are happy you know i think they're doing everything they can to pass the time kind of take the storm out of their mind and kind of i mean it's it's a time before netflix options were limited they were doing the best they could it it is true it is true and you know the thing about this this man as well is that while he's mysterious he's also handsome and charming oh so naturally the family feel comfortable in his presence wait well i feel like yeah i feel like you withheld that from me i if he if you told me he was good looking and he showed up at the door then uh, you know i'm picturing myself in the late the, the late 1800 or late uh, 1700s and i'm just thinking you know what why not 
this is a husband. This is husband material. This is this is basically like a you know a, a young Colin Firth who's come to the door. Yes, this is this is young Colin Firth playing Mr. Darcy. Yep. Like knocking on my door. I'm not gonna say no. No, of course you're not. You know, and it's all the more mysterious that he's arrived in the middle of a storm. It and instead of being creepy, it now adds like, "Ooh, he's a a mystery wrapped in enigma," rather than rather than, "Oh, what is he doing out in this weather?" Well, you know, he's arrived in a tempest, but he's also now causing a tempest in your heart. <laughs> exactly. So the occupants of the of the Loftus Hall at this time uh, are the uh, the Tottenham family. So the the owner is Charles Tottenham. Uh, He's the owner of the house. Mm-hmm. He lived there with his wife, Jane, and their daughter, Anne. So, as I said, the mysterious man, he was he was handsome and charming. Uh, but the family felt comfortable in his presence. Uh, in particular, uh, young Anne. She was, uh, quote, smitten with him. Oh, oh, I bet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, game of cards is going on. Everyone's, as I said, enjoying themselves, passing the storm. Anne uh, accidentally drops a card on the floor. She bends down to retrieve it. And as she did so, she happens to notice that the handsome stranger is not all that he seems to be. Because as she gets down... Uh, What did she see? (laughs) As she gets down on the floor, she notices that there's something off about his his feet. And as she looks further... She notices that he, in in place of feet, has two cloven hooves. This is some Hellfire Club shit. This is some Hellfire Club shit. Oh my god. You can see why I've brought this back. We've come full circle. We have come full circle. Our boy is back. Ah, oh, we've missed him. We have missed him. So this just absolute rapscallion has decided to come back into our lives again. You know, the devil cannot turn down a game of cards. This is true. You know, I'm pretty certain that's canon uh, for the devil. That yeah. he, he, he can't turn down a game of cards. I bet he's down there playing Go Fish with somebody's granny because he just can't say no. He 100% is. So, you know, the devil, he doesn't fuck about when it comes to card games. He, he knows what's up. He probably created Cards Against Humanity, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, my God. that yeah. That's a good origin story. Yeah, 100%. That is how Cards Against Humanity was created. Uh, I own that story now. And anyone who (laughs) decides to take it away from me, you're going to have a hard time. So at the side of this, uh, Anne understandably becomes hysterical. Naturally. Because that's the only other emotion that a woman is allowed to have in that period. She's either allowed to be smitten or hysterical. Look, you know, I'm here just to tell the story. You know, just because it's the truth doesn't mean, you know... (laughs) I'm not not here to tell pure fiction, Suze, okay? (laughs) So Anne, as we've established, becomes hysterical as she realizes that, you know, who this stranger is. Um, you know, I would imagine at this time, Anne is probably very much so familiar with the stories of the Bible. I, I wouldn't imagine she has many other books that she's allowed to read. Mm-hmm. She knows what's up. So uh, she kind of bursts up, freaks out, kind of screams, I would assume. And the stranger very calmly I, I would imagine. Uh, now I'm, 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 you know, assuming a lot here. Yeah. Probably very calmly just kind of like looks up uh, at the family, probably a grin, just starts kind of like slowly chuckling to himself and probably goes like, uh, well, I guess I've been found out. <laughs> and he just probably just goes, well, sorry about this, chaps, but uh, I have to go. And with that, the stranger shoots up through the ceiling in a burst of flame. No, he does not. He does. He 
fucking nopes out of there, turns into a ball of flame, shoots through the ceiling, and leaves a hole. Are you telling me Satan is a rocket? Satan is a rocket. And not only that, but the family noted that not only was there a hole in the roof of their house, but there was this foul, lingering smell of sulfur. Okay. I... Okay, this is what I think. I think if Anne had taken two more seconds, she would have been like, you know what? A husband with cloven feet? He could have climbed a mountain with me on his back. How fun would that be? She she really wasn't thinking of the possibilities here. True, very true. And we don't know what type of uh, hooves they could be because, you know, he could also be hung like a horse. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she really wasn't taking the time to think about it. Because you've got to imagine, like, the devil, like... You, you've got your cons, you've got, you know, like, yes, he's got goat legs, fair enough, it's not the most attractive thing. But then you think, well, what are some other things he may have? Exactly, you know, and, and these are things that Anne didn't consider, and as we've established, was just hysterical. So th- this is really Anne's what? fault, and on top of that... This is all Anne's fault. This is all Anne's fault. On top of that, Anne is now responsible for a hole in the ceiling of the home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, she, and she's responsible for the smell left behind. Yep, and... On top of that, apparently this hole was so, I suppose, magical in, in its origins. Apparently the hole couldn't be repaired. Oh, oh good. You mean they couldn't lay a slat of wood over it? No. So, it, you know, anytime they tried to repair it, they just couldn't. This is all Anne's fault. Is it because Anne is still standing in the living room screaming? Possibly. Uh, you know, I, yeah. That's... It's like in Spongebob when it pops up nine days later. Yeah, that could very well be the case. But, you know, that's, we're only going with the, with the facts that we have. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, devil turns into a, a, a flame, bursts out uh, of the house in an otherworldly fire. He's gone. He, the only thing that's left behind as evidence is this charred hole in, in the ceiling. Interestingly, to this day, the hole is still in Loftus Hall's ceiling. No. Yes. And some, oh. some genuinely believe... That it is an undeniable mark left by the devil himself. Uh, as I saw described, a symbol of the mansion's malevolent encounter. But, I mean, was it really malevolent? He was He was there, he was good looking, he was playing a game of cards, he was having a drink. I mean, where was the evening going that suddenly it was going, like, I, it, it, this is all Anne's fault. She's the one that made it a malevolent meeting. Otherwise, it was just a guy with different kind of limbs hanging out just a guy being a dude just a guy being a dude hanging out with some rich people playing some cards probably cracking open some uh, bottles of bud light off the like corner of the table <laughs> just <laughs> bud light with lime you know and they're probably like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah and he, he's like oh you guys are gonna be way into this in a couple hundred years <laughs> basically like back to the future stuff like you know uh yes. you won't like this but your kids will love it Yes, 100%. (laughs) The devil often comes... Because, see, I feel like there aren't enough stories of God coming down and, like, playing backgammon with you. Or, like, God coming down and, like, reading you a story. But but the devil does show up and he's like, hey, let's hang out. Let's have a moment. Well, you know, you raise a valid point here because the only stories that I know of God coming down is basically him coming down to be like, prove that you worship me. Go kill your fucking son. Or, like, (laughs) go kill your brother. Or, like... Go kill your family. Go kill Welcome each to other. the Thunderdome. Yeah. Here, here's a flood that's going to flood the earth. Yeah. Prove, Maybe I'll forgive you. Prove how much you love me. D- turn your back on the entire human race and only save the animals. 
And the devil's like, hey, chaps, uh, what are you doing? Oh, we're playing cards. That sounds great. Let's, uh, yeah, let's play some, uh, let's play some slaps. Yep. Let's, let's yep. get going. Devil's just like, yeah, you know what? I, I got time. Um, what, what am I going to do? I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, exactly. He also did, you know, I know they say that he tempted, you know, Eve and, and all this uh, jazz. Well, it's because Eve saw him naked and didn't get to see him naked. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that, That's the thing. Uh, also, though, you know, he, he basically tempted her with what is effectively, you know, knowledge, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Are we saying Anne is, Anne is stupid? Uh, I think we've already established that Anne is stupid. She could have played this better. Um, and I suppose yeah. what I'm about to talk about next uh, only just reinforces that. Okay. So following this dramatic event, it was said that uh, Anne was <laughs> inconsolable. Of course. And I quote, she headed to the tapestry room and refused to leave it. Oh God. I mean, I always find comfort in the tapestry room. Yes, it, it is the most comforting of areas in uh, my manner. Um, I particularly he- heavy find... carpets on the walls are my soothing moments. It is like meditation for me. Yeah. You know, I, I particularly find that in times of kind of doubt, I need to go to the West Wing and uh, re- retire to the tapestry room. <laughs> so she refused to leave said tapestry room, uh, even denying offers of food and drink. Oh, see, now that that this is how this is how we know that she grew up wealthy is that there's there's just a level there's like a level of mid kind of problems in that like this is what is breaking her she's in her tapestry room and she won't eat food that has been prepared for her by someone else it's true it is true i I, I find no flaw with what you've just said there (laughs) so as her condition worsened over the days and months i emphasize months that passed her father made the decision to just lock her in the room so she couldn't be seen by any visitors of the house (laughs) Well, if she likes the tapestry room so much, well, why don't she just marry it? This, yeah, this is some real, like, 18th century solution. It's like, you know what? You're actually an embarrassment to the family, so, um, see you later. Yeah, if you're if you're not gonna eat, fine, we're not gonna feed you. Yeah, and I imagine it was all very dramatic. The father came in naturally wearing, like, a, a, a three-piece uh, suit, um, with a, with a hat. Oh, yes. Has some sort of... And he came in with the big skeleton key. Yeah, some sort of altercation with his wife where she's like pleading with him not to do it. And he's just like, no, I've had enough. He's like, we've... This family will not fall into disrepute because of her. Yeah, she wants to act like a child. We'll treat her like a child. And bold children get locked away in rooms. Oh, God. (laughs) Casts his wife away from him. Because, you know, clearly, like, as we've established, she's hysterical. She's probably holding onto his arm. You know, he casts her... He threatens to lock her in the room too if she doesn't behave. Exactly. Casts her aside, locks the door, and and that's it. He's done. You know, and and as far as he's concerned, is is uh, no longer his concern. No, because she's the tapestry room's concern. This is true. The tapestries can look after her now. She can sustain herself on thread. Yes. <laughs> So with Anne now confined to her room and and basically effectively now trapped in her own head, she starts to change. So prior to this, people say that she was a vibrant, carefree uh, spirit prior to the incident, Mm -hmm. but that she effectively fell into a state of madness after witnessing the, the devil's transformation. Some kind of things I've seen online say that incidents of poltergeist activity from this point onward started to plague the house. Several attempts were made at blessing the house, Mm -hmm. but they failed to stop the disturbances. And a priest was actually then summoned to the house 
because he would be. Oh, yeah. What We can now see where this is going. He was asked to perform an exorcism on Anne. Oh, yes. Yeah. So legend has it that the exorcism that Father Thomas Broders carried out at Loftus Hall was beset with attempts to put him off and scare him away. Mm -hmm. But this time the heightened blessing was successful and the evil entity was cast out. So he, so the, so the exorcism was performed on the hall. Like the hall itself was being exorcised. Yeah. So this is where I'm a little bit uncertain. I, I get the feeling that he was asked to perform an exorcism on Anne. Right. But ultimately what kind of was determined was that the exorcism should be done on the house. I like that it I like that it it, it it escalated so quickly. It was like, you ain't just got a you got a daughter problem, you got a whole house problem. True. Yeah, you need to get your house in order. Yes. Um maybe that's the origin of the term. Get your house in order. Oh, oh yeah. Do you think the priest is just like, yeah, what, what was the owner's name? Thomas or Tottenham or something? Tottenham, yeah. Like, Tottenham, get your shit together. Yeah. Like, get, put it all in your backpack, take it to the shit store, get your shit together. Yeah, you want me to exercise your daughter? Maybe you should exercise your fucking life. <laughs> Wonder what I'd pull out of there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like looking at him really knowingly, like, hmm? Oh, yeah. He's like, I, I, I know what skeletons you literally hide in your closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in the tapestry room. Mm. Yeah, I know what's in there. Yeah. She's a she's a goddamn mess. Yeah, and it's uh, appropriate that you say that because sadly for Anne, the damage was basically done and she died soon after the exorcism was performed. She died? She died soon, yeah, after the exorcism. So I am assuming the exorcism was maybe performed on her first and it was unsuccessful and that following this, the priest decided to do a larger kind of exorcism or blessing on the house and that seemed to deal with it. Okay. So he 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 basically like double exorcismed. Yeah. I wonder Never has it been done before. I wonder what kind of exorcism it was like on Anne like was it like he's like I'm exorcising her demons as he's like whipping her or like something that would cause her death or was it was it just like the trauma of having seen some goat legs? Well, you know I don't want to assume, but this is, as we've established, 18th century Ireland. So I would imagine there was a fairly healthy amount of whippings yeah. uh, going on with this exorcism. Yeah, I can. I, I, I... Although she she is rich family. So maybe like less whippings and more just kind of like, uh, you know, mental and physical abuse by like probably throwing water and shit on her. Maybe she'd never seen a goat and was just really confused. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, that is peasant kind of knowledge that she wouldn't have. Right. Yeah, that that's the knowledge of the working class. Exactly. So she's, she's, she just couldn't comprehend what she was seeing. She couldn't comprehend that there was a filthy peasant in her house, basically. Yeah, so she, so basically she died from the audacity of the devil. Yeah, the, just the sheer audacity. It wasn't even the devil. It was actually just a member of the working class. <laughs> Who was holding a goat. Uh, yes, unfortunately, Anne died soon after the exorcism. Okay. And some claimed that Anne sat in her confinement with her knees tucked under her chin so frequently that when she died, attempts to straighten her stricken body failed. And so she was buried in her seated position. I mean, to be fair, that's just called rigor. That is true. So, so I mean, that, that, one, that one is a little less paranormal to me. It is a little bit less paranormal, but I will say that when the Tottenham family mausoleum was broken into during the 1940s, investigators did actually find an unusually shaped coffin. Oh, really? So this does give a little bit of credence to the severity of her deformity. Okay. But 
just saying, you know, that it, it is there, yeah. potentially. Okay. But, you know, th- this is kind of, this is where, where we are. There is, I, I will say, another kind of less dramatic version uh, of this story that basically says that the stranger did call to the hall mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, rather than him bursting through the roof initially, that him and Anne actually fell in love, but that the young man was basically rejected by the family was forced to leave and even though Anne was now uh, pregnant with his child. Ooh. Yeah. So the theory is that at the time... So she did get to see him naked. <laughs> oh, she got to see him naked. Um, so at the time, this would have brought shame on the family, obviously. So the pregnancy was kept a secret. And in this version, Anne gave birth in the tapestry room and with no one to care for her, she died during or shortly after the birth. I don't like this version of the story. I prefer the exorcism. I don't either. Yeah, because this one is just is more probable and just sad. Yep. I want I, I want Rocket Devil. Rocket Devil is definitely the way to go. I will say, and I hate to kind of um, burst your bubble here, local fo- folklore does kind of reference the discovery of a skeleton hidden in a wall during renovations carried out in the 1870s, but there's no actual proof of this, just to say. Okay. But the skeleton was said to be an infant. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I hate... Oh, see, now I'm sad. Yeah, well, you know, it that is just folklore. Whereas we do have apparently actual evidence of a misshaped coffin. So, you know... And 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 the the hole is still in the roof. The hole is still in the roof. So and I'm you know, still on like I'm still on like Satan having a good time side. I think what we can say, regardless of the outcome, you know, irrespective of if the devil did or didn't come up to the house, uh, Anne really had a shit time of it. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. So she dies uh, a lonely and very drawn out death. And following her death, her ghost was seen by several servants and family members uh, after this, basically. It's been said that her ghost is still there to this day. Several visitors uh, reported unsettling experiences while staying in her former room. And uh, in 1790, a visitor to the house was basically put up in the tapestry room. For their sins. (laughs) Having settled in for the night, he was awoken by this kind of sudden weight on his bed, accompanied by a horrific growl. The covers were ripped off him and the curtains around it flew open because naturally there's curtains around the bed. Oh yeah. He investigated the room, expecting to find some sort of evidence of a prank Mm. being played on him by the hosts, but the room was still locked from the inside and there was no evidence of any stunt. I mean, do we think that was Anne? That, that demonic growl kind of... We don't know. Potentially it could be Anne, you know, to kind of um, play devil's advocate here. Because she's just gone so bonkers? She's, yeah, maybe she's kind of seeking vengeance on anyone that's now in the tapestry room. Yeah. You know, maybe it's kind of, she she just doesn't understand um, what's going and on. She's probably pissed because she, I bet after after dying, she came to the knowledge of, hey, maybe, like, like maybe the devil was an all right guy. And she caused all this trouble just for nothing. (laughs) Yep, maybe. Potentially, yeah. You know, this this is on her, really. Another story is there was a a valet Mm -hmm. was staying in the house and they also had a terrifying experience in the same room. As he kind of settled down for the night, the curtains around the bed flung open and the ghost of a woman in a silk dress stood over him. It was said that his screams were so loud that he woke the entire household and he fled the room in terror. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, now that that one sounds more Anne-like. Yeah, the traditional kind of white lady sort of stuff. A few years after this, uh, George Reed was staying at the hall and he too was accommodated in the tapestry room as I saw quoted online. I I love that. Accommodated in the tapestry room. I was accommodated in the tapestry room. He was sitting on the bed uh, reading and the bedroom door slowly opened and a ghostly woman floated through the room before disappearing near a wardrobe. 
George, though, clearly has seen some shit because he just decided to shrug it off and slept quite soundly that night. So George was 100% one of us. <laughs> George is just like, eh, you know, I could get up, but she's already gone. Yeah, she, she clearly had somewhere else to be. Yeah, exactly. However, the following night, George again witnessed a mysterious figure, but this time he lunged at her, expecting to contact a human body, but his arms naturally passed straight through her. He recounted the story the next day, but for some reason, the person he told the story to chose not to mention his own experiences in the room. Of Apparently, he had some as well. But it's said that after this altercation with the ghost, that George slept soundly in the room for the remainder of his day. <laughs> I like George. So George George is a bit of a baller, I'm just saying. Yeah, George is George is sound. I like him. I like that I like that that one night he was like, Oh fuck it, I guess I'll lunge at it. And then he's like he's like, I, I guess I'll stop this woman walking around in my room. But then every other night he was like he was like, Oh, it's fine, she'll she'll leave on her own. <laughs> yeah. Other guests staying in the now infamous room have recalled how they were basically disturbed during the night. Uh, one guest who slept soundly discovered the next no- morning that, as he put it, splendidly fitted dressing case had been ransacked during the night. Mm. This is reminding me of um, in Bly Manor when, like the haunting of Bly Manor when uh, she's, you know, she's ha- she, she thinks she's alive, but she's just in that room, like yep. living the same day over and over again. And she like ransacks the clothes and the drawers and everything. Oh yeah, actually, maybe. Um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually very similar. So at some point then, the owners decided to renovate the tapestry room and it was converted into a billiards room. Okay. Servants uh, referred to, uh, quote, horrid noises coming from the room during the night. Mm-hmm. Some have said that this could be Anne basically like pro testing uh, against the change to her room because now it's like ha cha 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 billiards yeah basically she's like i can't fuck around with billiard balls that's not my <laughs> shit you know i can't juggle yeah exactly where's my tapestries <laughs> I, father I, I ra- where are my tapestries <laughs> i need my thread yeah <laughs> This kind of continues, you know, there, there's kind of stories of, of further hauntings. Uh, very, very similar, though. All kind of similar kind of stories. And it brings us up then to Loftus Hall closing in the 1990s. So it was a hotel at a certain point, but it did ultimately close. So was it, it was a hotel with a hole in the roof? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> okay. once it closed, it was effectively abandoned and kind of fell into disrepair for a while. Okay. But around 2012, new owners came in kind of brought it up to some sort of uh, safety kind of standards and began to welcome visitors basically for guided tours around the property. Okay. Although most rooms are off limits due to the poor condition of the building. Mm. However, some who have gone on the tours do claim to have encountered cold spots, footsteps and voices. And some visitors have reported tugging clothes and jewellery. Uh, their, their clothes and jewellery being tugged. All classic, classic ghostly markers. Oh, 100%. Cl- classic I mean, give me a give me a cold spot, and I am I am ready for the paranormal. Oh, hundred percent. Now, in saying that, I don't want to experience that, <laughs> as as we've established. I, I don't believe necessarily in ghosts, but I don't want to find out that I'm wrong. <laughs> I want to try. I want them to try and pull my hair, considering I have a buzz cut. <laughs> I, I was about to say uh, they'd have a better chance of pulling my hair than yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like. I, I want to stand there and have a ghost be like, "Damn it, I just can't grab it." Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Do you think a ghost would just rub my head? Yeah. <laughs> just rubbing your head and patting your belly or something. <laughs> yes. That's a wholesome ghost if ever I've heard of one. Oh, yes. That's like Winnie the Pooh died. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, there's there's been some paranormal investigations naturally at Loftus Hall, and they've I suppose continued to un- unravel the mysteries of the mansion, as I saw described online. And I think a, a nice way to close it out. Um, for all the equipment and expertise brought to bear, the hall rena- remains an enigma. Its secrets tantalizingly out of reach, as if the spirits within have perfected the art of eluding discovery. Ooh. So that concludes Loftus Hall. It's an interesting place. The devil kind of showed up, fucked up Anne's life, and then Anne is really the focus of the story after that. I, and he launched himself through the roof. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I glanced over that probably a little bit too quickly. <laughs> like, we need to really... Yeah, he, he flew through the roof. Yeah, he went super cyan, basically, and uh, <laughs> burst through the roof. Uh, like, goodbye. Yeah, basically. So as I said, that that concludes the the story of Loftus Hall. What, what do you think, sis? I mean, I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with the devil playing cards with them, yeah. and I'm a hundred percent on board of some poor girl being hysterical and getting shut up in a tapestry room and dying. That sounds that sounds pretty par for the course for the time period. It is the most kind of Bronte esque <laughs> conclusion to this. Yeah, it's like it's it's like 120 years before the yellow wallpaper, but it's similar. It's like she was crawling around in the tapestry trees and yep basically there she goes in in one sense it's a cool ghost story uh but on the other sense it is potentially like a horrific tragedy that happened to this poor poor girl it's some kind of it's like a combo between the hellfire club and like the legend underlying la llorona yep like it there's like this heart there's this undercurrent of tragedy but above it all is like the devil jauntily playing cards and flying away (laughs) yeah 100 percent. like this is literally the same description by the way of the devil from the hellfire club oh yeah this this is shockingly close and shockingly similar circumstances and if she had just kept her cool like the lads did at the hellfire club maybe they could have finished out the game of cards well i think we did establish to be fair at the hellfire club their main lad described himself as the king of hell and they were actively trying to get the devil to turn up that's true I, I i forgot about that yeah and i i like geographically the hellfire club is not that far from uh wexford you know in, in the grand scheme of things i suppose it's it's not too far yeah in the grand scheme of the fact that like ireland's not a large country yeah you can you can get from one side of ireland to the other in a, a very short space of time yeah you know it it, it is a, a cool idea I suppose that you know the 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 devil has turned back up again. He, he's rocking out again. He he he's come back to see what the crack is. He stuck his head back up for us, and he's just just letting us know that he he he's gonna probably turn back up again in the future in another one of our our stories in Ireland. Oh yeah, I'm I would be very surprised if he wasn't in some way jauntily playing cards or you know offering for like a fiddle contest or something. Yeah, very much so. I do know for a fact actually that one of my stories coming up does have potentially a reference to the devil again so you know oh fantastic this potentially could be a bit of a recurring theme for us is you know uh, a, a game show-esque <laughs> version of like spot that devil <laughs> what, what's he gonna do this week yeah Ooh, what's the devil gonna do this week kids <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's gonna a play cards b <laughs> like d- d- ruin a young girl's life <laughs> or c all of the above all of the above <laughs> No, that was really, that's a really cool, I mean, that sounds like 
something we could easily go and like, I, w- I want to go on that guided tour now. Yeah, actually, it would be very cool to do that. And, you know, potentially it could be something that we could do and uh, record while we're doing it as well. Yeah. It'd be really fun to do. Um, I've, I've just checked it out there D- distance wise. The Hellfire Club to Loftus Hall is uh, only 170 kilometers. So in the, the scheme of things, not that far and probably not too far for the devil uh, when you consider it. Nah, it, well, especially because he can fly. <laughs> as we've established yeah yeah if you if you picture him flying through the air like superman but but in on fire then it's really not that far of a journey yep true and when we look at my potential appearance of him again in the future we'll find that he's uh somewhere kind of between the two areas so this kind of seems to be his his stomping grounds is kind of the the east coast of ireland and fair enough it's it's a nice place yeah, you know, he's he's clearly just decided that this is his spot and he's just going to keep it going. Um, much like Anne tried to uh, keep the tapestry room going as long as she could. And then and then just wailed about it and nonstop when it was renovated. Yeah, she was just actually just being a bit much. Yeah, yeah, really, Anne? Can, can, can we not? Yeah, Anne, have a bit of class, okay? Like, billiards is a classy game. Like, let, let people play. Billiards is a classy as fuck game. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, it's way too classy for me. I, I'm, I'm not a, a, I'm not a billiards boy myself. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I believe it is the, the fanciest of fancy. I'm not at that level quite yet for billiards, but, you know, maybe someday I, I can aspire to, to maybe play billiards with Satan himself. Oh, Satan would totally fuck with billiards. He would. He absolutely would. But you know, that that's for another day. But uh, another story potentially. Yeah. Well, thanks. That was really interesting. I, I really liked that one. That one was uh the, I mean, I will say I, I, I don't think we can spend enough time talking about the devil launching himself through the roof. No, uh, I don't think I did it justice. And unfortunately, I don't think anyone could do it justice. No. We're just going to leave that for the audience to kind of marinate. <laughs> yeah, the devil basically yeeting himself out the roof uh, uh, as the, the, the human torch. <laughs> can't be described well enough i suppose but yeah you know this was a fun one to to research I, I actually really really enjoyed this one and i couldn't turn down another opportunity to bring our boy back into it so uh yeah i, I hope everyone enjoyed it and i hope you're enjoying our, our episode so far we've been uh getting a really nice reception online to to our episodes to date so it's been it's mm-hmm. been really nice it's been it's been wholesome as fuck actually i, I suppose would be the best way to put it uh we've gotten some nice reviews on spotify and it's so fun to watch like all the new countries of people like pop up and we can see where you're listening from and it's really great to, oh, yeah. to hear we, that like our stories are like around the world yeah we can we can see where you're listening from just fyi so <laughs> we like we have demon a, santa yeah we have a we've every day we're checking in basically like looking at our little world map seeing more and more countries getting added in which is very very cool and also terrifying at the same time oh my god so scary we finally broke the states and australia in the same day and it wasn't my mom in the states because she doesn't know how to work spotify yet that's fair it, it's good to know you know uh we're, we're getting around and you know the reception as i said has been really good you know we're really enjoying it and uh please do get in touch with us you know we, we'd welcome kind of all interactions uh we do have an instagram that is slowly becoming more and more active um so you can follow us at the spooky af pod or you can get us on gmail you can send us in your own stories if you'd like them read out on the podcast or if you want to send us some ideas for future places to look at at the spooky af podcast at gmail.com that's it from us i, I hope everyone has a a lovely weekend and you know we'll see you guys in, in the next episode see you next week guys bye